So guys, I was, I'm not going to tell you, I don't know what Instagram said because I didn't get a chance to reply, but I'm not going to tell you my, my testimony of like, this is how I came to Jesus. We can leave that for another day or we can do that in groups. That's a pretty fun one. Um, this is a, a testimony. That's all right. A testimony is an interaction that you've had with God that you can hold on to, right? When you came to Jesus for the first time, that's what people normally refer to as, you know, your testimony of how I got saved, right? But getting saved is the start of the journey. That's so I've been getting saved is like I've been born. Well, I've been born isn't the end of my life. I've been born is the start of my life, right? So after you've been born, you go on the journey and you start to grow up and explore things. And then you have memories and stories to tell about things that you did with your dad while you were growing up, right? So exactly the same as a Christian. You came to Jesus the first time and that was when you became a Christian. And that's the testimony of how you got saved, right? And that was the beginning. After that, God continues to give you stories to tell about Him, right? Because the object of all of this, the point of all of this is His glory, is that everything in your life points back and that you say, wow, and that people around you say, wow. That's cool. Because here's the thing, guys, right? If you are exactly the same and me, are exactly the same as everybody else at our school and at our work and at all these other places that we're at, then why should they become Christians? Like, What's the point? Right? Think about it. Even in the Old Testament, how did God bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Right? Brought Moses in? How many plagues? No. Ten plagues. Ten plagues, right? Were they like, were they plagues of just Moses talking and being like, hey, God is really powerful and blah, blah, blah. No, God didn't say he was really powerful. God showed that he was really powerful. Right? He turned the Nile to blood and he brought hail down that killed everything. He darkened the sun. He, like, this is pretty crazy stuff. Okay? So nobody in the town was wondering, oh, is God real or is God powerful? Or does God actually defend his people? Right? So when God wants to make a name for himself, he makes a name for himself. And the way that he does it is through his people. So that everybody around Egypt and the Egyptians themselves looked at Israel and said, Wow, their God is legit. Because all of our gods, the God of the sun, well, God just blotted out the sun. So obviously he's more powerful than that statue. The God of the rivers and the frogs and then that, well, God just did that too. So I guess he's more powerful than that God and that God and that God as well. Right? Stories, testimonies about the acts of God in our lives are what gets everybody around us to look and say, wow, their God is legit and following him is worthwhile. But if your life looks exactly the same as everybody else's around you, then you tell me, if you were them, why would you want to become a Christian? He dresses exactly the same as me. He listens to the same music as me. He watches the same movies as me. He goes to the same places as me. He swears like me. He talks like me. He does this like, well, he's Muslim and I'm Christian, but we're exactly the same. No. If God touches your life, he'll make a difference. He'll make a difference in it. And he'll give you a story to tell. And that story will attract people's attention, right? I have, God tells the Israelites, 
when, they, when he brings them out of Egypt and then he tells them again a couple of times. Whenever something crazy like this happens, write it down. Write it on your foreheads. Write it on bracelets. Write it on necklaces. Put it on the robes of your shirts. Teach it to your children. Don't forget what I did for you in this moment. Because you prayed, you called out, you said that you needed something and I came through for you in a way that you can't deny. In a way that you can't deny. When those things happen, write them down so that when another time like that happens and you're in trouble again, you can read over your own words and say, God did this and He is worthy of my trust. He is worthy of my praise. He is worthy of my love. Not that God needs any of those things from you. But He wants you to remember for your own sake. Because it brings Him glory. And it brings Him honor when you give Him credit for what He's done. Who's with me? Yeah, but you look half asleep. So can you wake up a bit? Alright. So I have a little blue book. Which the older youth have heard about. But maybe not you guys. I have a little blue book that's tucked somewhere in my bookshelf. I'm not going to tell you where. So if you come to my house... Don't go looking for my blue book. Okay, it's mine. It's a little blue, note, blue notebook that I've had since 2006. Okay, it's a long time. And there's like there might be an entry in it once every like four years, right? But every entry has the date at the top, and then it has a journal entry of how God answered that particular thing, right? The first job I got, my uni course. This person I was praying about, being able to tell the gospel to my friend, when I was doubting and God answered me. All these different key moments of my life where God was just in my face, like a freight train. And I could not deny it. And I'm like, man, I'm going to write that down. Right? I had, last year, one of my friends got married. His name is Jonathan. Right? A month before he got married, we all went to Sydney. This was last year in um, September. Do you need a chair, Tom? Yeah, that's all right. Um, this was last year in September. John got married in October. Okay? And we, um, we decided to go to Sydney to celebrate before he got married, just to spend some time together before he got married. Um, and we left Melbourne that morning at 4 a.m. So we pretty much hadn't slept, right? So when we landed in Sydney, it was a bit wet, it was raining, but we started walking around the streets. There was like six of us, seven of us. Um, and we did all these activities, we went on ferries and we did all the stuff. And um, by the time we got home, it was like 8.30. And by the time we got to 9.30, everyone was just smashed because we, we basically hadn't slept for ages, right? Um, but I, st like, I still felt like I had some juice left in me. I'm like, man, it's 9.30, I don't feel like I'm 85 and I'm going to go to sleep at 9.30. Like, I want to push it a bit. You know what? The rain's gone. The weather's nice. I'd actually like to go for a walk. Um, so I put my phone in my pocket. I didn't have a GPS. I knew that we were, I don't know, 10 kilometers maybe away from the Sydney Harbour Bridge. And I knew it was roughly in that general direction. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to go get lost in Sydney. I don't actually care about maps. I don't care. I'm just going to walk in the general direction that I think will lead me to the Harbour Bridge. And hopefully I'll get there in time, right? So at nine o'clock I started walking. And 
at nine o'clock I started walking. And I prayed as I was walking and I just felt convicted. And I'm like, Lord, I feel like I haven't spent any proper time with you in a while. Like even though I'm praying and singing and doing all these things, I actually just want, I don't want to walk by myself tonight. I actually just want to walk with you. Would you walk with me? And let's just have a conversation. I just want to talk to you about some stuff. And it was just a, a real honest prayer. And I meant what I said. And I said, would you just walk with me? And we can go somewhere. We'll just see where we end up. But I just want to walk with you along the way. And I just want to talk to you and feel the closeness of your presence tonight. And it was just me. Nobody else came. Um, now before I tell you the next bit of the story, I'll just tell you when I was a kid. So I grew up in Cairo, for those of you who don't know. I was born there and I came here when I was almost 11 years old. Okay? When I was there, my uncle worked for um, a travel agency. Right? So he, he traveled to heaps of different places and he was always showing us pictures of you know, Canada and America and you know, the theme parks. And one time I was, I was um, riding his car and in the little pocket next to the seat were um, the three theme parks in Queensland. And at that point, I had no idea that we would ever come to Australia or anything like that. So that seemed like a billion miles away and I'd never ever reached that. But it looked cool with the roller coasters and the, you know, the tanks and the dolphins jumping out of the water and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and I remember that memory distinctly, looking through those three brochures and thinking, wow, wouldn't it be amazing to see those one day. Um, and in my auntie's house, there was a china cabinet. Right? made of wood and then two panels of glass. But on those panels of glass was this laminated poster of the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Right? And I knew what it was because it said Sydney Harbour Bridge underneath it. So I'm like, oh, okay, that's in Australia. And there was a map. And I could see that that's a billion miles away. Um, and so I, I love this poster. It was the Sydney Harbour Bridge on a clear blue day. There was like the foam behind the boats as they were kind of going in and out from under the Sydney Harbour Bridge and you can see the Sydney Opera House in the background and I always loved that photo and the first time that I saw it I think I was five in my auntie's house and we would go to my auntie's house like every second day so I, I have that poster burnt into my memory and uh, I'd completely forgotten about that and I said let's let's take a walk Lord and I was praying I was praying about all these different things in my life that I didn't feel were resolved. Like, they're, Lord, they're not fixed yet. I, I, I still don't have this and I'm still not able to do this and I'm still scared about this. And I'm still, this is a few months ago. This isn't like, you know, I was this and suddenly I'm, some of those things are still not solved. That's not the point. I was sharing my heart with God along the way and I could tell that He was there listening just going for a walk with me through the streets of Sydney. And I, I walked, actually, when I got home, I had actually walked 19 kilometers that night. Okay? So it was, it was a walk. And I actually Ubered back, so it was 19 kilometers one way. So it was a long walk. I got to the Sydney Harbour and then I walked another 10 kilometers after that. So anyway, when I got, I saw the bridge from a distance and then I just took whatever street I thought would get me there. And eventually I did get there. And this is where God met me. It was underneath, I got to the Sydney Harbour Bridge from an angle that I had never seen it before. I've been to Sydney three or four times before and I've seen the Harbour Bridge before. But I got there from an angle that I'd never seen before. Um, and I was standing under it 
in this little grassy patch and there was like this little museum with cannons and guns and, and I was looking up at it with all the giant bolts that were holding it together and I'm like, wow, this thing is crazy. But I've never seen it from this perspective before. And it was in that moment that God brought back to my memory like a blazing flash that blue poster on a sunny day in my auntie's living room hung on that china cabinet. That right there. The Sydney Harbour Bridge. And what he was saying to me in that moment is that since you were five, in fact before then, before you were born, those brochures in the car weren't there by accident. That poster that I got you to love and look at over and over again in that living room wasn't there by accident. You didn't walk to this part of the Sydney Harbour Bridge by accident. I walked you here. And I got down on my knees by myself. It was like 11.45 p.m. by that point. And I thanked God for the fact that He had led me 26 years, 25 years, knowing every step that I was going to take long before it ever occurred to my mind. Guys, I grew up on a dirt street in Cairo with the paint peeling off of the building. There was no asphalt on the street in front of our house. It was on the seventh floor and the roof leaked water. And I never in my life Imagine that I would come to this country or that I would meet any of you or that I would have this ministry or that I would have the amazing job that I have now or that I would have the relationships that I have now or that I would be in the home with the family that I'm in with now. But I couldn't, if I was there when I was in that little car looking at those brochures when I was seven years old, I couldn't have imagined this life in order to have prayed for it. It was so wildly out of my thoughts that this is who I would be today at 26, that this would be my life, that this is what I would do and would have done and would have been, that God would have let me into and allowed me to have. I could not have wished for it. I couldn't even have imagined it so that I could pray to God to give it to me. It was so wildly out of the picture for me. What God was saying to me under the harbor bridge is if we're playing a game of chess, I'm a million moves ahead of you. If I can make it so that I can put a poster in a living room just so I can make a point 20 years later and get you to drop to your knees and recognize who I am to you and how then why don't you trust me for all the things you talked to me about for the last hour and a half? Why don't you trust me for what's going to happen in your job? Or for who you're going to marry? Or for what you're going to get for your grades? Or for what kind of car you're going to drive? Or what ministry you're going to have? Or for that disease? Or for this thing? Or for that thing? Or for that thing? I'm, I'm playing the game and I'm so far ahead of you. I'm so far ahead of you. Do you trust me? Look, I put a poster in a living room so that you can enjoy it. But today I've brought you to stand under the real thing that that poster was showing you as a child. You think this is a game? 
God can do that stuff. Because He can do that stuff. And that's crazy to me. When I stood, I could not believe, in that moment, He brought back to my mind how much I loved the picture of that bridge. And He said, well, I've brought you across oceans to stand underneath the bridge in that photo so that you could understand how great I am and how much I've got your back. I know where it's going to end up. What you can't imagine, I've already written for you. I've already written it for you. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. I love you. I've got your back. I'm here for you. I can turn an image into reality for you. I can bring things into your life that you never even imagined so that you could have wished for them or prayed for them. That was the story. I don't care that those things aren't solved yet. Because I know that God's got it. He's got it. I don't need the answer. It'll come when it comes. Because He knew to lead me from a five-year-old with a poster to take a walk with me to the real thing. And He'll do it. Because that's who He is. And because God loves His kids. And as powerful as He is, He just wants to bless. And just wants to show you how much He loves you. And He wants to make Himself real in your life. Not just a, something on a piece of paper that you read on a Friday night. Or songs that you're half asleep while you sing. Which all that tells me is, man, you haven't had a walk like that with God. Because if you had, you wouldn't sing them like that. Indescribable. If you saw God creating the universe with a word out of nothing by snapping His fingers, would you say indescribable? Come on. Come on. God's way bigger than that. Whether you believe it or not, that doesn't change it. If I say the moon's made of cheese, that doesn't make it made of cheese. It's still made of rock. So is God. He doesn't change based on your opinion of Him. He is great. He is indescribable. He is who He says He is. I want to read you this verse. Two verses. That's what I'll end with. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, Behold, before I formed you in the womb. Who formed me in the womb? My parents or science? No. Before I formed you in the womb. I made you on purpose, for a purpose. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you ever came into existence, I knew you. If that doesn't give you comfort tonight, I really don't know what does. But the person who we call indescribable is got his eyes on you like a hawk because he loves you and is watching out for you. Because that's who he is and that's who he wants to be in your life. That's what a relationship is. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. Remember we went through that word a couple of weeks ago. I set you apart. I purified you. I made you holy for me. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Right. And I want to read you one of the most famous verses that you probably hear at school all the time. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. And this is what God reminded me of under that bridge. I'm just reminding you of what I'm thinking about you. Says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. God's not out to get you. He's out to help you. To give you a hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and go to pray to me and I will listen to you. 
and you will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all my heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I don't know what you need tonight, but He does. I don't know what... I'm just telling you from now, as your older brother, your lives have things coming up in them that you cannot even imagine in order to wish or pray for them. You have no idea what your lives hold and what your life will be like when you're my age or a year from now or a day from now even. You have no idea. If God created the universe with a word, He can change your life in a second. It doesn't need more than that. Whatever it is tonight, my story is my story and you, you need your own stories. That's in my book. One of many, many. You need your own stories with God. Your own journeys with God. Your own testimonies with God. Whether you believe my story or not, or care about it or not, is not really the point. But God is worthy of your trust. And He's worthy of your... He's worthy of your love. And He's worthy of your care. He's worthy of your attention too. 